Hello, hello. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Team Talks. We have joining us today our great friend, Arcelli. And we are super excited to tell you her story and get into some of her passions and stuff. Yes. Hi, everybody. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to share my life away. <laughs> We're here for oh, well. it. <laughs> Oh, man, I went up my nose wrong because I was laughing so hard. That's right. Yes, that's what we do on this podcast. Like, tell us your story. We're we're really just probing you for information. That's all. That's all it is. <laughs> gathering intel. Fun? We're gathering intel. No particular reason. We have a anchors our sponsor, and they like give us money for information and this, this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it like you guys give it back to the FBI or something. Next yeah. time I apply for a job, I'm screwed. <laughs> so, what was your first pet? No, I'm just going <laughs> Security questions. Right, right. Oh, oh, come on, I missed that joke. That was good. <laughs> so, what's going on? How How is life? You have recently moved. Yes, life is good. It's It's funny how when things change, you realize that things weren't as great as you thought they were. Yes. Now, mm-hmm. like, I... Mood is so different when I get home. Um, we have a cat. Um, <gasps> yeah. When you but, say we have a cat, you mean your housemate has a cat? Yes. I mean, I get the good side of having a cool. cat. Cool. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> For anything. No stupid of cat boxes. <laughs> yeah. I just say, oh, I think she just. <laughs> You're like, hey, let me clean that shit up. <laughs> it kind of smells in here. Yeah. Yes. Um, that's. Have you? Oh, yes. Sorry. Have you seen our new edition? No, oh, I have not. Cat. Only on like stories, but I okay. want to see like, your social media. So I will find him and grab him. Um, I wanted to ask: Are you still in Galena slash Santa Barbara? Well, you weren't in Galena before. Okay, he is sleeping. He will come later, and we will introduce later. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to it. Yes, I'm still in Santa Barbara. Nice. Yeah. Yay! Yeah, Arcel is one of our few friends who stayed in this. Still local. Not that it currently makes a difference, (laughs) (laughs) as we are all still still quarantining pretty strict in terms of saying people. But um, but yeah, that's been fun. I think your and my relationship kind of developed more so after we graduated, whereas because you were John's friend first, and I think. Especially after we initially graduated, I think you and I got closer during that time. Well, I think you have more free time once you graduate. Like, yeah. you know, there's like so many responsibilities when you're still in school, and then as soon as you're done, you're like, well, <laughs> might as well talk to people now. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. I will also say that I reflected hearing your other podcast of how you guys have met freshman year, most of your friends. I was like, well, freshman year, I didn't really make much friends. Because mm-hmm. so I, I met John freshman year. <laughs> so I think and that... We weren't friends. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> no, no, we weren't friends. <laughs> we, were, we weren't close friends. We were co-workers. That was it. Yeah. We were, we, pe- we were people who worked together and, you know, shared a few conversations. But I think that it's... When I was reflecting on that, I was like, oh, shoot, I'm not going to be one of those. And then I was like, no, I think this is cool because it's like the building steps. Of the mm, yeah, totally. Yeah. And I would say the same with you and I. Like, we had classes together. Yeah. Remember yeah, my that? first time ever, like, 
I think my first time, I because I didn't know you knew John or anything like that, but the first class was uh, Social 102. Okay, yeah. Which was, like, my fave non-psych class I think I took. Or not, like, my ed class either. I loved that class, Social 102. Um, and is, for those listening, slash myself. <laughs> slash no, it was Psych. It, it was Psych yeah. 102, which yeah. was a social psych. So never mind. Okay. It was social psych. psychology. So, okay. That was one of my favorite psych classes too, though. Uh, yeah. Then that's what I meant to say. But because you were taking it anyway. Side note. I remember because I was, I would like look at people when they talked in class because I'm respectful, I guess. But like, I was like, I'm like in the front. And, Weirdo? No. Or at least like, like, like mid front. Like, and, like, but like, because it was like a small class. And so when she spoke, I would like turn and look at her. And so like, I knew her face. She was like, she talked like I talked in that class. And so that was my first, like, this girl. And we were, I think we were pretty similar in our ways of thinking in that class and that discussion. So, yeah, I like that. That's so funny because I really enjoyed that class too. And I remember you sat in the front row, mm. the front row or like the second to front. Mm. And it's funny because um, I think you start to notice in these Beck lecture halls who has a pattern and it's like, I always get the edges. But mm-hmm. first, like, four rows in or something. Right. And I was like, oh, that girl, she has a lot to say. Oh, <laughs> that, that makes sense. So, and I think the first time we officially officially met through John, you were like, you're in my class. And I was like, yeah, you're the girl that, like, shares all this information. Oh, <laughs> it's so funny. Just because, like, that's not that wasn't me in college a ton. Like, like I, I contributed to discussions. But, like, social psychology is like the one thing that I'm really genuinely like interested in and can talk a lot about so that's funny that that was that perception because it really was just that class like I was that into it because of that particular topic but yeah I do remember that I remember meeting you later through John <clears throat> and that being the case you guys when was this I don't know exactly when you guys met through me <laughs> um it was right after social 102 which I think I took our junior summer yeah yeah, so 2017. Yeah, so start of third year, start of third year, 2017. Oh, interesting. When I when I think junior summer, I think junior then the summer. Yeah, no, I don't think that because there's a freshman summer start program. So the That's freshman summer. SP, and then our freshman summer is the summer after. Disagree. <laughs> I because think it was 2017 because it was that was the year you um started CMA. Well, think about your think about your high school graduation summer, like your your that's your senior summer whatever i disagree with you right. but it was 2017 because cmas 2017 yeah no. yes that that's... was the, the year after that was the he's wrong the summer after junior yeah summer 2017 yes but i'm saying that wasn't junior summer oh my god <laughs> <laughs> the junior summer you said okay that was summer going into senior year? Senior year. No. Our... CMAs. 2017. Summer going to senior. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're totally right. I know my anniversary is the CMAs. You're right. You're, <laughs> you're so right. Right before senior year. Yes. All right. I digress. I'm victorious. <laughs> anyway, so you guys met through CMAs? Yeah. Yeah. Another blessing of CMAs. I'm so happy. Arcelli was a pretty loyal CMA's goer for a solid portion. And then I didn't see Arcelli for a while and she came back 
but it was. What, what were, I, I'm curious. What were your experiences with CMAs? Ooh, I like this. I don't know if we've talked a whole lot about like your your outlook on CMAs. I don't think so. Um, my view on country music assembly on Saturday nights. <laughs> <laughs> I personally thought it was weird that in Santa Barbara at UCSB, there was a group that met and listened to country music um, and drank beer. And I think when I went, I reopened my competitive like team Mm -hmm. player, but individual team at the same time. And I remember my first CMAs, I was like, damn, I want to be good at this. Drinking light beer really quickly, right? Yeah. To loud country music and yelling. Yeah. I was like, first of all, everybody's too, like, too gone to know how good I am at singing, which is not good at all. (laughs) So I can sing loud. Yeah. (laughs) And two, everybody's too gone where they further applaud my high drinking ability. And I really like sometimes being the center of attention and when it comes to competitiveness. <laughs> so that's what I thought of. I was like, oh, I'm not very good at this, but this is so fun. And I looked forward to it every Saturday. And secret, I would always show up two hours or more after it started so that I could hang on with everybody else. <laughs> very, very smart decision. Arcelli was also very good about always having an escape plan. <laughs> she always had an out. She always like it was either like sometimes it was Nate and sometimes um I think Alec pulls you out of there a couple times and there was always just like some like oh I gotta go <laughs> when she started feeling the, the tipping point and I always noticed it but I always respected that like you strategically plan CMAs because it is a, it was a very pressuring uh, event. <laughs> yeah. <to> say the least. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I know the ins and outs of it as much as others, but I, I did enjoy going always with a friend <laughs> and being able to say, I can't do this anymore. Let's go. <laughs> I gotta go. I need you to start walking out so I can. Yeah. And just tiny. Yeah. Or the all the times that I would sneak to the bathroom and you know, just be like, I'm ready again. Ready to roll. <laughs> Give me another snake. <laughs> I got rid you. of the other one. Yeah. Oh, Gary's got the next, next, next one. <laughs> Do you uh, remember when I got snaked four times in a row? Yes. Did no one save you? No one saved me. I think she just got there. Oh. Yeah. I and had... by that point, you might have been like, Arcelia always yeah, it's like, <laughs> comes late to leave. It's like 11.30 or 11. And she's yep. like, just showing up. We're like, fuck her. <laughs> yep. Yeah. She was true. I think, I think you did two. And on the third one, you were like really struggling. And then it happened again. And then someone took the fourth one or something like that. But yeah. No? no one saved me. No, no one saved. She's me. like, I did that shit by myself. I'm not. I didn't. Anyway. I don't think. I oh. think. Um, I think 
actually maybe I did finish it but it was it, it wasn't it really didn't hang in there that long after uh, yeah. yeah yeah <laughs> like it, it kept happening where I had to go to the bathroom I remember that and then I had to be like Alec cover the kitchen trash can and then I was like let's take the bag we gotta go (laughs) (laughs) babe that's like see how respectable using the bathroom oh my god I would just walk outside the front door back into the fence and go back inside (laughs) yeah I always clean it too (laughs) (laughs) wow Oh, she's so considerate. You probably cleaned that toilet more times than I did. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's move on. I wanted to talk. Let's start. I oh. want to talk about not nothingness. Oh, transitioning. Yeah. I have a question. I want to talk about your majors because we were talking about that class, psych social class. Um, and you had a double major in social and feminist studies. Yes, psychology and feminist studies. Oh, psych. Okay. Why did I think of social? Because you're so psych class mix up. Yeah, maybe that's maybe what that. I identify with. Oh, cool! Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Yes. What yeah. um, what um, what's the word I'm looking for? Compelled you into those um majors. Um, apart from almost failing out of college, and needing Ooh. to find a major. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what um, were what were you failing out of? What major? I was pre bio. When I went into UCSB, and I remember, Everyone ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I was literally like almost like not able to come back after that spring quarter, and of my first year. And I remember coming back and being like, "I'm just going to take random classes," mm. and that's what I did. I just like took random general classes in different majors, and I failed calm. <laughs> And I passed psych and femme, and I was like, well, maybe it's one of these two. We go. How awesome is that? That is such a good story. Wow. And then I kept taking them, and I loved them. So Mm. then it was like, I was meant to fail. Yes, you're meant to find something else. Exactly. I I feel like that could be like a natural inclination. Like, I mean, I feel the same way. Like, I forced myself into something for so long that I like ended up changing, but like, People who struggle with things like maybe it's just not for you, you know, like try something else. And that's like a perfect example of that. Yeah. And I think it's like when I reflect back on it as an adult, I'm like, I wish I could have told me like, hey, it doesn't failing doesn't really signify like your worth in any way. And sometimes you're in things, at least I know for me personally, I was a pre-bio major because of people in my life that influenced that as a something I should be doing. Um, and I, I don't know, sometimes I'm like, I was meant to go this route. I've excelled it. I learned about myself. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I love that. Love Yeah. I still feel like, well, it sounds like you switched earlier, like pretty earlier on, but I still have like, I feel like I have so much bio knowledge that I know like so well. That has no purpose anymore. Not not no purpose, you know, but like... There are times where, like, I will turn to him for some general... I don't even know what I can... Like, I can't even think of an example. But, like, he has random bio knowledge because he took, like, all of those classes, all those pre-wet classes. Yeah. Yeah, so it's so weird. Like, I don't know. I feel... I feel similar about, like, 
the athletic training program, which RSLA was also a part of. Yeah, that's how you guys met. That's I how met. That. Yeah, we met through the training program, and one of my favorite experiences throughout college, and I'm sure RSLA feels the same way because that program is just something special, and yeah. I we could talk forever about that, but basically that is why I was a bio major because I wanted to go into physical therapy type field, you know, the bio field. And that was something I was interested in. And I ended up there and you and myself and many others along the way realized, yeah, bio is not for me, but the athletic training program is. And we like stuck it out like through college and, you know, like still acquired so many fun and useful skills and got to hang out with so many people that we now like can apply to our lives, even though it has no application necessarily. <laughs> like there's just, it's just cool that there's a separate little thing that we all have like kind of a piece of, even though we all ended up being like different majors and graduating with like different degrees and stuff. Yeah. No, I completely agree with that. I think that, and maybe that's kind of the major story, like in a sense, because it's like you try something thinking you're going to like it. And I always say, why did I waste four years in the athletic training program when I do nothing related to it? And then I'm like, I didn't waste any years. I've met some people that I admire today. I still keep in contact with. And I would say have really helped me develop me. And a part of me is like, and sometimes my friends at the gym left like asking me questions and I'll be like, oh, it's this or it's that. And Arcelia, how do you know all of this? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I know this. <laughs> I love it. So, but I would agree the training program was just athletic training, as our boss would say, <laughs> was just um, the icing on the cake for college, I would say. And it's actually what got me to come back to UCSB after a first year of failing. I was like, I can't drop out on this internship. I, they expect me to come back because you know how they start emailing you about the next mm-hmm. year. And I think that that check-in was like, I, I need to show up. <laughs> so I'm very grateful. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, it was cool. It's like, it was so stress-free, but so stressful at the same time. You know, like they held us to such a high expectation, but it was nothing but support. Yeah. Which I, I think is exactly what I needed like throughout college just a constant you know like from like basically beginning to end I didn't participate in my fifth year because I wanted to focus on like actually getting out and finishing and everything but like first through fourth year like it was the only real constant I had throughout college that like I knew was like I had a group there that was always going to be there and I could always show up and I had a job and it wasn't a whole lot of hours and I didn't need a whole lot of hours. I just needed enough hours to like, you know, make enough money to do this or do that. Like it just, yeah. So wait, explain this to me The it's athletic training program. You guys got paid. We, you do not get paid for your entire first year. Your first year is an internship only. Once you become a second year in the program, you do start to earn wages for working events only all of our mm-hmm. in the training room time is all like volunteer. volunteer yeah but when we worked events we would get paid and then as so, you get older you get more qualified you get raises and stuff like that people who became emt certified on their own ended up getting a pay bump because they were able to do things that right. you know other people couldn't and there's like a little bit of a hierarchy with that but 
That's cool, yeah, though. I don't think I knew year, that. Your whole first year is entirely internship volunteer hours. And I was, I love this. I was so smart my first year because I worked literally every single event because I had, I was a freshman. I had so much availability and I wasn't doing well in classes. I didn't care. So I was just like, I'm going to go to like every event. And I signed up for everything. And I worked almost every single sport my, my freshman year. And that's how I figured out like, cause I knew I wanted to like have like a team eventually. And I was like, cool. I figured out what I wanted and ended up being the lacrosse trainer. But I went to every single lacrosse game my freshman year. Did you want to be the lax trainer? Hell yeah. <laughs> I, I suckered my boss into allowing me to be a team trainer as a second year because I, I convinced him to let me do it with my mentor who was a fourth year then. Mm-hmm. So I was like, if we do it, because normally every team has one. I was like, if we do it together, you know, like he'll be able to mentor me more, you know, we'll have more time and this and that. And Rob was awesome. He was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. But yeah. Bless you. Did you have a team? Yes, but I wasn't, I wasn't John. <laughs> I got a team uh, my third year. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I got men's ultimate, um, but I got it. Yeah, but I got it with another ultimate trainer who was on the team. So I always felt very, I don't know. I don't know if John can yeah. attest to this, but I like you, you're not as accessible anymore when someone else is on the team. That's also a trainer, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but it was really fun personally, because then I did get the good stuff of just like showing up to the games, getting paid, but mm-hmm. Um, the other trainer, I think, did more of the injuries and stuff. So that's fine. But then I did volleyball, men's and women's volleyball, my senior year. And that was really cool. That I think I finally felt like I had a team. People knew me. People came to me for questions. Um, but nothing nothing like John becoming a brother of his team. I know. <laughs> I feel like that's not common. But um I mean, wait, is, so is this is men's ultimate team? Is that different from Black Tide? Black Tide is the A team of men's ultimate. Ah, okay, got you. Is that how you guys got to know? I don't think I ever knew how you guys got to know Tide guys, at least you. Like, I, I know Tide guys because the first Tide guy I met was Alec. But like how? Through the training program. Okay, that's all. But mm-hmm. I, like the Tide guys just as a team, I love the lacrosse boys to death. But as a team, Tide is 100% my favorite club sports team. They are just the most welcoming, the most friendly, will chat you up. And when you're in the training room for your two-hour shifts, you know, twice, three times a week, however often you're in there. You know, I was in there randomly sometimes just because. But, like, you just interact with athletes and you you get to talk and you get to – you know, oh, you know, you're stretching them out. You're like, oh, how is, you know, how's classes going? You know, what's your major? What's your name? What sport? You know, and the Tide guys were always just super friendly, super fun to talk to, and just good people and made you want to go watch their events. Mm-hmm. And, like, getting to work a couple of their events made me realize, like, oh, like, Ultimate is really cool. Like, mm-hmm. I've seen people play Frisbee, but, like, this is fucking real. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like, it's so different. And I... I told the Tide guys if I didn't end up cheering, if I didn't like end up getting sucked in there, I probably would have joined Tide. 
just because. Oh, join tie. Did that make sense? Yeah, I would have because I one I just felt so like I have so I have a bunch of tie friends now that I I was never a part of the program. I was never their trainer. I was never anything. Right. But just because like well beard eye also helped because they play a lot of beard eye. <laughs> But, like, I have so many positive interactions and classes, you know, and things like that. And, like, I could have totally seen myself. And my fifth year when I wasn't going to cheer and I wasn't doing the training program anymore and I, like, cut everything out, I had um, a couple of guys on my butt. Like, hey, you're, I heard you're not doing this. You want to come off your tide? And I was like, no, you're not poaching me for my fifth year. Like, I'm not doing it. But I really wanted to. Just those guys are just so fun. Yeah. So, I'm jealous that you got to work with them for a whole season. I know. it. That's, I think, you described it so well of what attracted me to them, too. Apart from me being poor and needing a team that had the most events. Because <laughs> ultimate events were, like, all the time once their season started. Mm-hmm. But um, I will say that they were always so friendly, and I can name you individuals that I would love seeing on campus outside of the men's ultimate team that was just like always so friendly or like oh my goodness like thank you so much for this and um but I will say that I originally got attracted to ultimate from the women's ultimate team they just don't have a trainer but um they were just I don't know they're so sweet and and it's funny because I think ultimate was a sport that I was like, if I was better with my hands, I would have done it too. (laughs) Yeah. I have so much respect for Frisbee players. Like, yeah. Like some of, and some of like of the black tide, like that team is, I mean, pretty nationally known. They've succeeded at a very high level, but even beyond that, there are so many tide guys that go on to play for like, club teams you know they go play for the grizzlies and they go play for california condors like start playing professionally and like it's so cool that like i know guys that i watch play that go on to play professionally even if it's you know they don't make a lot of money and they you know whatever but you're still playing a professional sport and it's something you love like that's so cool and i was talking with will recently because he's always posting you know highlights and clips on his instagram about these big plays and stuff and it's just like Oh, like, it, it makes me wish, like, but that's, that's it. you want to, you want to do everything. You have to choose. You have to pick and choose. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> but they're, yeah, such a great group. Yes, I agree. And then they're so welcoming to beer dye, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. They'll, all those guys were probably some of my favorite as a person and as a girl and as somebody who can't handle a whole lot of beer. Playing with tag guys, I I was always, like, cleared to not drink the standard amount. I was never, like, shaded. I was very welcomed. I like that because I know that they hold each other to a very high standard with that. So I like that there's, a like, a clear difference. Like, yeah. Like, you know, like. Right. But that's not as you would it, probably, probably yeah, be. I mean, that's fair. But there's also, like, a, it's easy for them to just keep those rules. You know, they had the consciously make the decision to relax them, which I thought was really cool. Do you feel that way too? You played you played normal beer deck. You drank the same amount, right? You know, we're like throwing glass. Well, I didn't start playing beer die until I had already been to CMAs and got coached well. Yes, Artel. <laughs> you know, I, my skills were, were high up there once I started playing. Oh, yeah, you're, I remember that. 
TMAs is fucking preseason. Yes. Not my beer <laughs> guy skills, but my drinking skills. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a large percentage <laughs> of that game. That is why Big that is the factor that kept me from playing in the leagues. Right there is the drinking is a drinking ability because I don't have that. Um, but your sport transition. Um <laughs> you're a runner, right? Yes, I run. I that's what I enjoy. So do you did you do that all through school? I think you did, right? You're a cross-country runner? Um, yeah, I ran cross-country second to last year of high school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Why? I know. Okay. I know. We, we have this thing where we've had this conversation before. I think running for fun is awful. And it's like Arcelia is one of her most favorite things in the world. And it's just funny. <laughs> he's been running not for fun <laughs> but yeah. he has been he's been doing he's been doing the running in our neighborhood and I'm just cursing at myself the whole time I'm like, oh, God, I'm <laughs> did you run you ran out what was your route um, when we lived in IV like, where'd you go okay my route when we lived in IV was go on Los Carneros and go towards so like you pan you pass Sandcat and go through those little apartments that have a playground that you usually can see on Stork mm-hmm. pass all of that and then you end up on this like gravel road mm-hmm. and then you end up on what's called Elwood Bluffs but yes. without having to go on the sidewalk and it was always just running to the golf course and back or just looping around through the little trails on there and that's probably that's my too damn far. I ran to the. I ran to the. That, hold on, how, how many miles is that? Um, it depends on where you start. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I only ran. What are they called? I'm sorry, you said L L Elwood Elwood. I literally was like L Woods. Um, legally blonde. Um, I ran out there one time with my friend Megan, because I ran frequently, not fast, um, but frequently. Um, my like fourth year. And Megan did too, but Megan ran fast. She was like a runner. And I'm like not big about running with people because I feel pressure to keep up. And it just not, it's not good for my already like kind of crazy mind when it comes to like pushing myself. But I did that day with her. I like pushed myself and I ran so fast. I'd never run that fast. I don't think I'll run that fast again. And it was awesome. That was so much fun. But that was the only time I ever ran out there because I always took, um, I was like went straight DP and then um, on like the bluffs and like hilly part all the way out to campus point and then down up usually to one of those benches by the science buildings and then just back okay so the other direction mm-hmm. the other direction and it was like super different inclines and rough terrain and rocks and stuff and probably hurt my knees a bit but I loved I loved that I loved getting out to like the ocean yeah but those Elwood are super pretty too those blasts are super pretty no yes I think that that's something that I miss from living so close to the ocean because even though we're still in Santa Barbara it's you can run on lead better you can run by the estuary but it's not the same as running on pure dirt and just trees and the ocean on one side Mm. so I miss that but something I did want to say that I always say is um a lot of people don't, I think, applaud themselves for their effort for running. And I don't think you have to be fast. I don't think you have to be loving every step of it. 
but I will compare it even to what I saw that I think attracted me to the ultimate teams is that sense of athleticism and will like you're always giving a hundred percent. And when you run, it's like, maybe I'm going nine minute pace and somebody's going six thirty. but that effort to move forward is the same. Mm. And I think that that's what I enjoy about it. It's like, I'm out here giving 110 every day, every step. And so yeah. applaud yourself when you're out there. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think the- I want to comment on that after going to get- For, for <laughs> me, I just, I have that like perfectionistic mind and it's not even, I think I said like, I didn't go fast as like a defensive because people do ask and people do like genuinely want to run with me. And then they, and I'm like, you don't understand. Like I don't run that fast. And they're like, no, nah, no, nah, I'll be fine. And they're gone. And I'm like, yeah, I told you, like, I'm genuinely not running fast. So maybe that's a little bit defensive. But for me, I had to actually kind of step out of the, the, the feeling of, of having to go 110% to enjoy it more. And so I didn't look at my time as much. And and now when I'm running in my neighborhood, which I only started again this week, let's not get our things crazy. <laughs> but like I didn't track my <laughs> mileage. I didn't track my pace. I just like ran, stopped when my body was feeling tired, picked it up again when I was feeling better. And that's taken me a really long time to come to. Because before it's like, I got to do this and I got to, you know, run the four miles. I got to hit the four mile mark and, you know, or whatever and um but when I ran like by the ocean I I tried to focus on that being the motivator like getting out getting sun getting you know the smell of the ocean and stuff like that but I totally agree with you like people people need applaud movement period like anybody doing anything people going mm-hmm. on walks people like doing I don't know anything to get your heart rate going that at this point in my life for someone who like I feel like I slightly overwork myself and I don't get enough exercise my biggest motivator is literally vitamin d and like letting my heart exercise <laughs> like letting my heart move um <laughs> heart health is like the biggest one um but that hasn't always been the case you know yeah but yeah. how oh you wanted to comment thank you <laughs> so this is this, I like that you said that because this is I feel like one of the reasons why I don't like running is because of that hundred percent effort type of thing. Cause I agree. Like everything I do, I want to give that hundred percent effort and like put everything into it. But, and, and it's not just running as other things. Like I am recently starting to work out again and I, I always fear of going too hard, too fast and not being able to keep it up, mm-hmm. you know, not sticking with the schedule I wanted or not, you know, oh, taking a day off and then, oh, shit, I didn't run for two weeks. You know, like, it's like my mindset, like, I feel satisfied giving 100%. But when I run, if I give 100%, I can't keep that up. I can't because I don't run for so long, though. The breaks in between, it's it's hard to stay motivated giving 100%. So, I've tried not giving 100%. You know, like, oh, I'm just going to run one mile. I'm going to jog one mile, you know. Even Mm -hmm. if I jog, like, nice and slow, say it's 10 minutes, I go jog one mile, and, you know, I enjoy the neighborhood or whatever. Like, then I finish. I don't feel satisfied that I jogged for 10 minutes, you know. Like, I would rather do the same mile and run it as hard as I can 
And then I'll feel like, oh, like I worked out, I feel good. So like, it's hard for me to find that in between mm-hmm. of like, I'm working hard enough to where I feel satisfied, but I'm still going to be able to run in two days or tomorrow or, you know, whatever schedule and goal I've set for myself. Yeah. So what do you, what do you think about it? Like, <laughs> coach me up. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I will say and start off by saying that I think what you're feeling is very common. Um, as somebody who has been running all these years, um, ever since June, I've been only running a mile and I run a mile at nine minute pace at eight minute pace at 10 minute pace. And I have a fancy watch that tells me, right. Um, but I have had to teach myself to not listen to that. And I think that when you're running and when I reflect on it, it's your, your satisfaction shouldn't come from that day. It's the whole like uh, metaphor of you don't you can't build a house in a day, you can't build your strength as a runner in a day, and I think that as a as somebody who loves running, what you really love apart from being good at it or being fast or being able to run thirteen miles, is your mental um, perspective of it. So, for example, um, learning to run and saying. I don't feel tired after a mile, but I'm working towards more things. So patience, Um, applaud every step. Every movement is good movement. If you had to stop three times, that's okay. If you can only run to one song that you really like, that's fine. Whatever you can do to get out there. Um, And yeah, and I think it's, it's learning about yourself. So focusing on your breathing, which sounds weird. Focus, some people run and they count like every square of the sidewalk. And that's how they mentally focus on it. And that's the goal. It's like, how many, how many steps am I going to count in between this mile run? As opposed to seeing it as like, how much sweat did I get? How many calories did I burn? And personally, I think that that's what I really love about running. Because when it was introduced to me, it was never introduced as like, this is exercise. It was introduced as this is a chance for you to get better. Mm. And when I started running, it was because I had done a season of soccer and I was I was on the bench the whole time. And um, when I would, we would have drills and stuff, my coach would be like, all right, silly, you did it wrong three times. Go run. And so when I joined that oh, summer. Fucking, hold on. Oh, <laughs> fucking, oh. Yeah. Okay, continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I And like, you know, as a 14-year-old, 15-year-old, I was kind of just like, like, I'm not doing it on purpose. Like, I didn't grow up with sports. I started sports in high school. Um, and then that summer going into running, I remember running and I was like, I'm going to run like the practice, the summer practice was like, everybody's going to run three miles. That's a new person and take it at your own pace. Like, our, I will say that I was gifted and blessed with coaches that I think knew to distinguish the people that were going to care to become good and the people who simply came out to come out. Mm-hmm. And so when you're new, nobody knows. So I went out and I ran and I, I was just kind of like doing my thing. And when I came back, my coach was like, Ariselli, like, you're going to be so good. Like I can feel it. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, Oh, like I just ran, like, I don't know. And that today is a coach that is like my uncle slash dad slash grandpa and everything. But um, being able to see how good I did get isn't because I ran fast that first day mm-hmm. I think it's because I simply ran. 
And I like to think when I would run and I did care to be fast, um, I would be like, run like somebody's chasing you. Mm -hmm. But then you learn to run, run like you just want to smell the trees and, you know, look at the houses. Like you kind of just have to enjoy the simplicity of it in a way. And it, and like that pain and torture <laughs> yeah. on the other days. <laughs> yes. I yeah. like that. That's very motivational. Yeah, I, I like that a lot too. But everybody can be a runner and I think everybody can be good at it. It's, and that's because good can be defined in different levels of success. Oh, yes. And I really love running. Yeah. That was good. Put it on a t-shirt. Well, I like that because that is, that is kind of unique to right. that form of athleticism, like totally. that sport. That's not something like, you know, you're scoring points in a game. That's how you're good at the game, you know? But you're the way you just explained that before and then saying that, that's very unique, I think, to running. Yeah. And I would say that it's, it's kind of like life. Like, you're going to have a lot of shitty days before <laughs> you have a good day right like you're gonna have a lot of first days like you know like at your new job you're not gonna be good the first first week two weeks a month like you're getting used to it and I think running is just that example um like for example the reason I'm now running only a mile a day is because I was feeling like every time I was running I was upset I was uncomfortable I felt like a brick and I was like I I'm light as a feather normally. What's going on? This comes naturally. And my coach is like, it's physical, Araceli, but it's also probably some sense of emotions. It's like, what do you have going on in your life? What are you thinking about when you're running? You're not supposed to be thinking. You're supposed to just like toss it all back. And it's not because you're running away from your problems, but you're running in a way to learn to work through them, right? All that pain that you're feeling, you're working through that pain. And I reflected so much to life in a way because it's like, you're, you're going to work through it. And it's, it's, a, it's a day by day, step by step, right? One step at a time, as Jordan Sparks would say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that might be another reason why I don't like running is because I don't not think about anything. I think about a bunch of shit when I run. Me too. I like <laughs> go on runs to think about shit. I like daydream. I, yeah. I like, but it's like not, I'm not like consciously thinking about things. I'm like, I think daydreaming is the way to put it for me. Like I like have a certain song on and as I'm running, like I fantasize about dancing to the song. If my body could like move in particular ways that I wanted to, you know what I mean? But it's like, not like I'm contemplating like my workload or like a conversation I had the other day. It's just genuinely like, daydreaming that makes sense it does that's why i listen, yeah. to, I listen that's why i listen to songs when i run that aren't necessarily like running songs or like workout songs they're not like a certain pace or beat or whatever they're like lyrical like yeah. emotional i started doing that too i stopped listening to like exciting like i used to have like a running playlist that was all like certain beat that i would like try and keep the pace up and now i just listen to country music when i go run because i'm just like i, f- I want to enjoy it. like i might as well just listen to something i want to listen to <laughs> oh. yeah that's so funny. I listen to country music when I run too. Yes. yes. <laughs> Wonder how that developed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, do what works for you and be nice to yourself. Like Yeah, be nice to yourself is probably the biggest one. And that's definitely the thing that I've but that applies to like so many different aspects of my life. <laughs> yeah. That are like anything where I think I'm like good at it or have the potential to be good at it. There's like all this pressure to like 
be the best I can at it, which is not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. But when it like discourages me from even doing anything, makes me kind of poopy. Like drawing. Like I don't draw. I've talked about this before on this podcast. Like I don't draw for fun anymore. I mean, before I had it, that was like my mentality. It's like I want to draw and I want it to be perfect. And if it's not, then it's not done and whatever. And you just wouldn't even try it. But it's same thing where I had to like teach myself to be okay with it just like coming out slightly disproportional. Like this one up here. Do you see this? The top lady? Do you see her? Her legs yes. in the air is like three times as long. Jacked. <laughs> three times as long as her bottom leg. And I just, I was like, you know what? It was fine. It is fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's it's fine because because it's about the journey, Brittany. Yeah. It's about the journey. Yeah. <laughs> it's about yeah, bro. It's all about the journey. <laughs> <laughs> just so um, but but that yeah, I I don't draw for fun either because I think I grew up with like you have to draw perfectly right. and you have to color inside the lines and it's like that's bullshit. Perfect is so hard to achieve. <laughs> well, there is no perfect in art. Exactly. That's right. That's why I never liked it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and it's like, like what if you're meant to do disproportionate legs because they reflect on real people, like you know, like what. That would be like she wouldn't be able to walk appropriately. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But I guess my point is, is like, I don't know. Sometimes we have longer fingers, or true. You know, there's like boob sizes have... are almost always different. Slash shapes. Yeah, exactly. Cool. exactly. Like symmetry of faces are mm-hmm. again almost always. Disproportionate. Unless you're Angelina Jolie. Does she have a super symmetric face? She has like the science, I think it's the scientifically most symmetrical face. Yeah, which, which they define most beautiful. She's. That's what they define beauty as a symmetry. Yeah. Anyway, that was a little aside. <laughs> I gotta look up her face now. Angelina Jolie's <laughs> face symmetry. There's some people who are like so not symmetrical. Like, have you guys ever seen um, the pictures of uh, Tom Cruise where they just they have a line down his face and his like one of his front two teeth is like directly in the center and so his whole mouth like looks ajar because he has like super offset teeth. Have you guys ever seen that? No. No, but now I feel like I've never looked at Tom Cruise the right way. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the ones where they do like half of the face and they have like the the like the show one half and then it's mirrored perfectly like symmetrical and then the filter drops and it's like boom and like you see like yes. the change in attractiveness I've as soon as it quote drops. unquote attractive right. yeah like um like Billie Eilish I thought was done with Billie Eilish when I first like her natural resting face and they like altered it like, so that it was the same so it was like perfect image and then they took it back and her whole like left face just went like it like drops mm-hmm. That's intense. It's so random. I I have this like actually not gonna talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Take it back. Drew's gonna roast me. <laughs> Look at Look at Tom Cruise. Oh, it's a little yeah. It's a little odd. But 
but he's still so damn sexy. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, I know, but it's interesting because you look at it and you're like, oh, dang, that's like real off. Yeah, that is interesting. His front tooth is in the center of his face. Yeah. Like one of his front teeth is in the center. Oh, oh, well. <laughs> they did the, it was a mirrored, the one we just talked about, and it has just a giant front tooth <laughs> because it's mirrored. Oh. Oh. Anyway. So you're running still. How often do you run? What's like oh. a day in the life of ourselves? Oh, girl, you're asking me when everything's been falling apart. <laughs> there, you don't what have is, to answer. What is quarantine for you? <laughs> quarantine for me was really good. It was like, well, that's actually like it. It I had. So a little thing about me is that I live off of a planner and it's color coded. And in that planner, I have to highlight what, like, I have to categorize. So orange is socializing. And I have to know how much I socialize to explain to myself that I've overdone it. Mm. So quarantine was good because I got to work on that and maybe get a little away from that type of life of everything is, like, set. Sure. Um, But at the same time, I got to to see that I socializing for me is a necessity. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But then with the recent move and everything, um, everything's been a little odd. Mm. Um, I moved, I was interviewing for a job. Um, and I think that my Taurus self is like right now in like, Oh my gosh, there's so much change. I'm suffocating. Mm. But because I've learned to see and reflect on this stuff, I think I'm doing really well with it compared yeah. to other times where I like overwhelm and collapse. <laughs> yes. Congratulate yourself on every step. Yeah. That was not even meant to be like, that's genuine. That's genuine. You got to, I believe in that 100%. You got to give yourself like in daily life specifically. Again, I'm harsh on myself when it comes to athleticism from drawing, but like, just generally you gotta validate yourself and appreciate when you're putting in effort and when you're making strides and reflect is all you can do that's really all you can do yeah but hope for better yeah. strive for better yeah <laughs> keep up the running thing that's good I know, I like that. <laughs> well strive or say strive or strive oh she said strive you're right you heard strive i heard stride i wanted it to fit yeah. it did though oh I had another question. Uh, I'll take a break. Cool. And then we'll take we'll our back. first little segment and we'll be back in a second. One of the questions. Bye. Hello, hello. Hello. We are back. Hello. We had some te- technical difficulties on the break. We also talked for like 30 minutes. But um, very juicy gossip that is not publishable anyway, so don't worry about it. <laughs> anyway, jumping back into it. Um, so I figured out my question. My question was regarding um, Magicians, which is a sci-fi series that was put on Netflix that was recommended to John and I by Arcelli. But we are not going to talk about it. Because RSLA has not watched the most recent season, which is not on Netflix, and that John and I purchased on Amazon yet. And she will, and when she does, we'll have her back on. But I And we will have a question. Magician's episode. Yes. yes. But, but side note. It's clear that you should watch it. Definitely. Because John and Brittany were like, 
Well, we'll give it a try. And now they've purchased it. <laughs> yes, and Agreed. now we're sharing that. But Agreed. let me just also throw this out here. That Roswell, New Mexico, which is a CW show that was put on Netflix, is one of my favorite series. And we just finished season two, which is the most recent available season, last night. And it is super good. So also check that out if you're interested. It's basically Cowboys and Aliens. Love that shit. But like... There's a lot of social commentary to that show. (laughs) Really woke. Like, we're I'm excited for you to eventually get to that so we can have you on and I can just like get super excited about it. I will. I'll watch it. Yay. Ros- what was it again? Roswell. Roswell, New Mexico. Okay. Because there, there was an original TV series about aliens in Roswell. So this one's Roswell, New Mexico. You gotta say both because this is like the 2020 one. Mm-hmm. Total 2019 one. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> into the juicy stuff. So on the break, we talked for a bunch about a bunch of other stuff, but now we need <laughs> podcast-friendly material. <laughs> and RSLE said that we can treat her like a cadaver. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what she said. <laughs> Essentially. She said, make it an autopsy and we can go deep and open up about stuff. Is how we're interpreting that. So... If you're comfortable, we'd like to talk about your new job and your new application process slash your old job and maybe why you're leaving. Yeah, transitioning. Yeah, so new job, how it's going, and then why I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. Okay. If I miss anything, please request. We will loop and loop and loop. No worries. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a bunch of sidebars. <laughs> Um, new job. Actually, I will say that I think it happened very unexpectedly. Um, in the sense that I in, asked somebody out for coffee. I was like, hey, I like what you do. I'm interested in your field. Would you mind grabbing coffee? Um, and I was and I was a, an autopsy. I, I let them ask me about me. I, I was vulnerable and honest. And they, what they do is they do grant writing for the district attorney's office, specifically for the human trafficking unit here in Santa Barbara County. And I just asked questions and they were like, you know, what's funny is that we actually have an open position and it's for our victim witness um, unit, which the program entails. Um, if, if you work for it, you are basically an advocate for victims of domestic violence, sexual assault, um, crimes along those lines. So you're anything from presenting resources to actually being in the court and being that support system for them and just basically letting them know of every, of every possible turn that can happen or that's better said that you can picture or present predict outcome, I guess I should say. Um, and I applied and the lengthy process is over and I got a start date. So I will be starting late August. Yay! Um, yeah, yeah. And I'm super excited to be in something completely different because when they called to offer me the position, something they said was, 
even though you lack experience, we think you fit the role very well because of your passion. And I was like, yes, because, and this is funny because we talked about athletic training earlier and how I said it was not at all related to what I want to do. Um, a lot of their questions that they asked me during the interview, I would think were very hard to answer um, in the sense that I had no, no background. And one was, have you ever been a first responder? Because that's what they call themselves, like first responder, the crime scene, um, anything like that. And my conversation or my response to that was, I have been a first responder to an emergency and at a sporting event. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and so that's funny. I, I guess I just bring that up because of how much I do think that that influenced how I do want to act on the scene and how sometimes I think I think better Mm. but that's something that the job will entail and so I'm excited that it'll bring some quote-unquote action into Mm -hmm. life Mm -hmm. but but I'm more excited than anything about me pursuing a passion that I think I don't always talk about like me being passionate about education and me being passionate about um, helping children who don't always have these educational opportunities is something more than I'm passionate about because that's what I lived through and that's what I had to go through but I think that this job is going to go more in depth on passions that I've gotten to learn about um, and whether or not I've had first experience that doesn't matter it's more about me being able to be there for people on the scene if that makes any sense why I'm leaving my current job wait time out that is okay. awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. That sounds so up your alley, and it sounds like something that you are going to excel in so much. <laughs> and also, props to you for reaching out to a mysterious person and being like, hey, let's grab coffee and yeah, that's let smart. me pick that your brain. That is so cool. That, that is so hard to do mm-hmm. especially someone who is like in a field and you don't know anything necessarily about the field and you want to get into it like that is awesome also for them saying yes and like starting this whole process but like that is just awesome that's like a great story that whole thing yeah, is that awesome is very yeah. inspirational like for people who want to get into shit and like are scared to like just ask somebody right you know get your foot in the door yeah and I- I recommend it because it's funny because my like always like quote unquote dream job is like to be a liaison for the FBI or to do behavioral analysis and figure out why people commit crimes and do more of that work. And so her job is a beginning portion to those fields. So when I, she goes to my gym and it was, it was somebody that it's like, oh, she's mentioned what she does. I'm going to ask and reach out. And it, with something that she she even said she's like that's so brave and I feel like it is brave but it's also you realizing like you don't know what you like until you do it so why not hear it out from somebody who is doing it or has done it and save yourself some time but also the worst thing that can happen is they say no or they tell you things and you disengage and you're like well this wasn't for me anyways I guess and I'm, I don't know but I'm really excited and that's why I call it like a blessing because it was she even said she's like we don't have high turnover so there's normally not opening positions so it's so funny that in today's conversation I can say hey here's a job listing Mm -hmm. if you're interested like she's like it's that's some fucking stars align bullshit Mm -hmm. like that is so (laughs) cool awesome 
yeah. Um, so um, I'm excited, and actually, I do want to say thanks for thinking that this is a good step for me. Um, lately, I feel like I've been making a lot of choices on my own, and I know that that's normal for people. But for me, I think it always entails like asking a friend or asking my housemate or calling my parents. And this is the first time that I like texted home and I was like, hey, mom and dad, I have an interview. Hey, mom and dad, I'm taking on this new position. Or like I'm letting my friends know like I'm changing jobs soon. Mm. And it's really nice and comforting to know that I'm comfortable with the choices that I'm making. But so is my personal close-knit group. Mm -hmm. Because one thing that I am afraid about this job is that I'm going to be too emotional. Um, A a thing, a weakness I describe as being too empathetic. Mm -hmm. And I hope that I have the skills to learn to take that away and not come home with it or that I practice. I practice knowing that it's a bureaucratic system and, and there's rules. And I know I have this open mind and different perspective sometimes, but the goal isn't isn't to change the system in a day. It's to help the person in that need. 100%. Knowing that that's my step. Yeah. Kind of going back to running, where it's a step-by-step purpose. And yeah. It's not going to be changing the world in one day. Yeah. I totally understand that fear, I think. Um, I When I took, um, I don't know what ED uh, education class it was, but it was, oh, it was an applied uh, class, applied psychology class, about therapy, which I had considered that path before. I was, I, at the end of it, was, like, I don't think I could withstand that. Like, I don't think I could take on those feelings. I, I, I will feel too much of those. And that's definitely, on a personal note, kind of what I'm struggling with a lot right now with the pandemic. Because, like, on paper and objectively, like, I definitely have one of the best scenarios, period. Like, Boyd, live with my boyfriend, got cats. Like, I'm good. But it's the idea of what everybody else is feeling and going through that is really hard. Um, And I would love to have a side conversation with you at some point about, um, for my work, I did some research as to kind of general consensus of what empathy is in this day and age, you know, whether or not we have more empathy and how we can train it, because I think there's a big concern that society as a whole lacks a bit of empathy as opposed to previous years, and that's kind of actually been statistically shown. Um, So they're all about, like, training empathy and getting people to connect more, which, you know, might be important now. But for people like you and me who take on a lot, um, there's another side to this research um, where this individual's name is Jamil Zaki. He's done research on people who work in helping professions and how much empathy they have and, like, what they need to do to avoid burnout like because people in the NICUs and people who are nurses and people who you know are working crisis situations and for you know individuals like it's hard to withstand that type of career if you are the type of person who should be in that career you know I don't want a therapist who really isn't empathetic you know those are just people who end up taking that job because they can deal with it um but it's a really interesting concept um to consciously turn that off uh, because it kind of goes against our natural instinct. But at the end of the day, like, you got to look at the work itself and, and you know, seeing genuine progress and being proud of that but not taking it to the next level. 
And that's like so hard. But I would love to like lend you that book or like send you some podcast where he talks about it because it is really interesting what he's learned um, for people who have um, that kind of mentality, which yeah. you definitely do. Yeah. I think that something that I do enjoy saying all the time is that I love to learn. I love to learn more about myself, about others. But this goes out to anybody who listens. It's like, if you have any advice, um, I'm not good at taking it, but I'm great at listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> love and it. that's the honest truth. <laughs> I'm not good at taking it, but I'm great at listening to it. Yes. I don't yeah. know. I feel like yours and my relationship, I feel like we've both very much benefited off those conversations that we've had and like taken like actionable next steps to apply those, I feel like. You know? Yeah. And I think in that phrase what it means it's like advice from somebody who doesn't expect it to be listened to step by step Um, is always great for me because I don't listen I think the first two times I think John can attest to that how many times have you given me advice and it's like the same problem and you're giving me advice again and I'm crying about it and it's like I finally listen right like so I guess that that's what I'm trying to say it's like I love when people tell me things I love to learn but I tend to always be stubborn and it's like mm-hmm. it's yeah. in me. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not. It's it's how heartfelt you are in like everything you do. You put your heart into everything and it's it like it shows and it's hard when things maybe don't go the right way and your heart is still in it even though you know your mind is like stop it. Like change jobs you know uh don't talk to this person anymore or i don't you know do this don't eat bananas for breakfast eat them for lunch you know whatever stupid thing it is like like you're so your heart is so in everything you do it's it's hard to take that away even if you mentally convince yourself that you should do otherwise and i i mean there are so many pros and cons to all of the best parts of everybody and well but the thing is like that it's exactly why you're perfect for this job. Your level exactly. of compassion, your level of empathy, you know, is what will make you effective and what will help you change people's lives. Just like being in them and being that support person. What I'm glad you're thinking about and what is important to think about is how you're going to take care of our Sally as a result of yeah. all that. And that's the question mark, but you're already like thinking about that. You're already cautious about that. And you, you don't know? start for a month. So that's good that yeah. you're, like, getting into it, you're new. Mm-hmm. Instead of being, you know, however long in, being like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm super yeah. excited for you. Yeah, I that, think that's so me great. Me too. It is. Yeah. So, it's, it's not to put a downer on, like, what you were doing before, because what you were doing before was also awesome. Yeah. Which you were very excited for when you started. But, obviously, experiences change outlooks, and... I'm really excited that you're moving on for your for yourself. Yeah, I'm excited too, and it'll be it'll be new, and I think I'm finally excited for new. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. But yes, um, why I left where I was. Um, truth be told, I was only part time, and I got hired with the idea or what was stated to me is that I could have become Mm. full-time at a certain month. Um, Because of COVID and everything, I wasn't full-time. And I have 
I graduated college and in college I was working a lot of jobs to, to just pay for things. And I graduated working, like being okay with working part-time and decided to take on other jobs such as nannying, cleaning houses, tutoring, um, and anything else that I could do to just make money to live here. And I think that when it reached like May and eight, um, yeah, like May and June, I had been helping a lot of phone calls about like the COVID crisis and everything and how many, so many people are struggling financially. And it hurt me to be in the same boat as the people that I was helping because sometimes I felt like I wasn't giving, I was a deaf ear. Like if they were telling me they were struggling for food or this and that, I kind of felt like it's like, I know that, like I'm doing it too. And I think that that's when I realized it's like, I, I want to be there for these people, but because of the fact that I am encountering the same thing, I in a way become apathetic to it mm. and that's not okay. Mm. And I, I had con like had conversations about becoming full-time or just explaining my financial stresses to my job. And there's in a nonprofit world, there's not much you can do financially. Like there's, if there's no money, there's no money. And that's mm. that. And mm -hmm. I think that that's what motivated me to being like, I really want to be for these here for these people because that aspect of my job was never in my job description. But being given the opportunity to help with our fund for the COVID-19 crisis was probably where I got to excel the most, in my opinion, as much as see my own weaknesses. And it's where I got to see my lifestyle isn't allowing me to go into work happy without stress. Um, and that's affecting how I'm talking, my tone to people on the phone, how much I'm willing to help others. And I was like, and that's not okay. Mm. Um, because then why am I here? I might as well be doing something else or, you know, might as well. I don't know. I think it painted a lot of pictures. And that's why I started looking into other jobs. And also the job that I was doing focuses a lot on education, especially for um, communities where opportunity isn't as offered due to um, low income or just lack of English speaking you know, just knowledge and en the English language itself. And I think that that reflected so much on what I've been through in my youthful years as my parents, both of my parents today, I only speak to them in Spanish. Um, their English level is very minimal and that's okay. Um, but I guess I realized that what I was doing, I was sometimes doing it more um, because I could relate to it, but it wasn't the complete type of fulfillment that I wanted in terms of interest mm. and that's okay mm -hmm. um, and that's okay because I recently read a quote that said that your highest level of success isn't how far away you go from where you've been it's from how much you're giving to where you're from and I was like and what I'm doing now is helping me maybe work in what I'm I've seen myself, I've see, I see my parents and the people that I'm helping, I see myself and the kids I am involved with but I want to be able to give back in a way financially, like being able to donate to these organizations, being able to donate time to not just work part time. And that's the only reason. Um, so, yeah. And it's exciting to know that I'm going into something maybe a little bit more of interest where I'm going to be excited to go into work where I can financially be stable in a way. Uh, where I can afford a gym. <laughs> mm. So my mental health as well. And then I can go back and really work on the communities, um, or better said, work with the communities that I would love to be involved in 
and where I do see myself in. Um, yeah, but that's why I decided to leave, I guess. Nothing bad. Nothing. nothing. I'm leaving on good terms. Yeah, just growth. Just different routes. Next steps. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know. And I think everybody at my current job is happy um, for me. And I think it's it was seen in a way. Mm. Like, maybe I gave the look, my face said it all, I don't know. Hmm. But it's nice to be supported on their end, too, and know that I'm leaving with them believing in me as much as I believe that this is a good move as well. Totally. I agree. That's a big deal. It's very easy for that, for those people in those positions to just, like, write people off because, like, they're not going to see you again. But, like, that's awesome that they really, really care. And I would say that this this hiring process that I just had was the longest I've ever had. Mm. And it required, like, an interview background check where I was, like, asked, have you ever smoked weed? Have you ever done any drugs like meth, cocaine, this, this, and that? We need to talk to your employers and ask them the same thing. And it was awkward to tell your employer, hey, I'm considering leaving. Mm-hmm. Can you do this interview? I still love this job. That was, I think, a stepping stone, and it was really nice to see her say, I'm so proud of you. Like, I'm excited for you. Yes, I'll do this interview. And yeah. if they don't take you, you're still welcome. Oh, I love that. That that, that is, affects a lot. That's a big deal. That is huge. Yeah. And that is a, a luxury that not many people have. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's easy for people to just be like, ah, eh. yeah. Yeah. Um, are you starting full-time? For this new other new position, yeah. yay! Full time, but it's very like beginner's position, and I think that that's what I'm most excited for. I'm excited yeah. to learn. Learn from the bottom up and like really yeah. grow. Yeah, and have your time to learn. Like, if it's a beginner's position, that means it's like there's not a lot of pressure from the start. You like have more time to progress and learn and and pick people's brains and all that kind of stuff. That's super exciting. I love that. So is your old job still letting you work until you leave? Um, yeah, I gave my notice and my I gave myself like a week and a half window of not working just so I'm ready to, so I let go. I'm not good at goodbyes. I'm sure everybody knows this. Um, so, so I can emotionally get okay with saying goodbye to my comfort and my safe place for now or what is now and start new habits, build new traits, get emotionally ready as well as outfit ready. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and then start the new one. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Are you going to buy new clothes? Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's like, that's what the $500 was. <laughs> that's what money's going to, dude. I cannot wear my hair in a bun like I normally do. <laughs> I'm so excited. It feel, I feel like it took me a while to transition into, like, work clothes, and I'm still not, like, super professional. I still wear like jeans or like jean like pants that are like tight on a regular she basis. She wears shorts every day for work. He's talking about COVID. <laughs> I wear slippers every day too. Slippers and shorts. Um, but like when I finally got to a place where I was like feeling more professional, I was like, "This feels good." Like I like like getting ready, which you know I, I think you're similar to me where it's like on a day to day basis we don't spend a whole lot of time getting ready, but like feels good for work. Yeah. It changes your whole like mindset. 
Yeah, I hope so. I hope it feels like when I get ready to go downtown, or better said, pre-COVID, um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and you're like, dang, that's me? Yes. You're not, your hair's not in a bun. I'm not wearing running shorts. What? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Wait, are you going into work? Like, like, are you not working from home to start? Current, yeah, I have, since the pandemic started, I've been working in the office, and I think my new job will be similar. Mm-hmm maybe alternate but um I think the the type of work that I'm doing I think requires more of in the office yeah yeah makes us more accessible but I wear a mask and I there's a lot of yeah I'm sure there's a ton of protocols in place yeah I feel like that is as you know I can't be like nervous like nerve provoking being in like a work setting and during this time but also it's gotta be nice to be able to get out of the house you know consistently you know even just commuting driving you know 10 minutes to work 10 minutes back like there are like i was talking with um my aunt the other day about how it's it's weird trying to find the motivation to go outside just to go outside like when you're working from home or you're unemployed and you know, unless I'm going to the grocery store, I really have no need to go outside. So convincing myself, like we're talking about running or working out or just taking a walk, like I need to go outside just to physically go outside. Right. Because I haven't all day or I haven't in two days or three days, you know, however long. Like I think that you being able to still work in an office type environment gives you a a nice sense of scheduling of your day you know like i i still be ready i go i'd be done i come back (laughs) it definitely i will say that since i was living i was living alone for a lot of this like quarantine stuff i will say that going into work was very nice because i'm sure this this might have been a lot of people but it was really scary when it first all started and Mm -hmm having to reach out to friends and knowing you're a text or a phone call or miles away is really hard. So I think going into work added this sense of comfort in a way, like, like it's, it's still normal. Like I go in, I come out, um, what I'm doing is slightly different, but I'm still like talking to people, whether that's a phone call, um, or not, but it, I don't know. I, I do think about that because Maybe I can't relate to that, to what you just described Monday through Friday, but on the weekends. So like, I'm like, why should I shower? I'm like, our silly. Exactly. Like, you're supposed to do this. (laughs) Showers. I'm glad you brought that up. Showers (laughs) are the fucking devil. Like, and now that I'm working out, like, I'm trying to work out, like, more consistently. So, like, it's a lot easier to take showers because I'm like, okay, yeah, I am sweaty. I should shower. But, like, if I haven't sweat... I haven't worked out. I haven't done anything. I'm wearing the same clothes. I could wear the same clothes from yesterday. And realistically, no one's going to know. No one's going to judge me. I, I don't smell bad. I You know, I feel fine. Like, why do I need a shower? Yeah. Like. And you know uh, what? Brittany, I, I see you being like, I can't believe he's saying this. But I I think when I, so my new housemate. I haven't showered since Sunday. Let's put that out there. <laughs> I love this because my new housemate. I was thinking about the fact that I need to shower today. (laughs) Your new housemate, what? 
Oh, she was like, she was like, you're still wearing your pajamas. I can't believe you've worn them all day. And I was like, well, I've lived with guys and they do this. I'm <laughs> like, right now, like, why is this not okay? Why should I dress up? What are we doing? Right. I do say, I will say, though, that I, because for work, I'm, like, wearing, like, the same, like, comfy shorts and slippers and, like, a nicer top. But they really only see, like, my shoulders. It's not even, like, my full top. Um, But I do change when I'm done with work, typically, because I feel, like, still in work mode. So I, like, put on a new, like... New set of comfy shorts. New set of comfy (laughs) shorts or sweats and a new tank top. Or something. Yeah. Uh, I think it's healthy. Yeah. Because you shouldn't, you shouldn't, that mixture of work being in your home and home being in your home and everybody else being at home, I think is such a hard thing to deal with. Is our Sally. Yeah. Is, especially when, like, John's come over and, like, say hi. And he's, like, kind of lovey. And I'm, like, I I'm can't. Like, I'm, I'm like, what's working. up, girl? Let me get some sugar. And she's, like. Mm, go away. <laughs> <laughs> I just like you know. I don't feel that way. I don't have those associated feelings when I'm at the office. I don't feel those things. I can't. You can't mix this for me. It makes me anxious, and then I feel guilty for not wanting to kiss you. Like. <laughs> oh yeah, I get it. But it's funny because then he's just like all day like. <laughs> like. I know. I'm a, I'm in such a weird spot for my life right now. It's just crazy. It really is. I don't. I see. I don't have to dress up for anything. You guys are like, oh, it feels good, and I'm like. The fuck am I gonna do? Put a fuck collar shirt on and pants to sit around the house like? <laughs> you wouldn't wear a collar shirt anyway, though. I did for work. All right. Oh yeah, for something. You yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry. So like it's weird because I have this whole like closet like everything hanging up, all these collared shirts, all this like nice like substitute teaching like all this attire that I know I need to keep because I'm gonna wear eventually like you know start teaching and shit, and it's like I wear. I have this, like, cycle of clothes that I wear. Like, I'll, I'll have, like, the same pair of shorts, and I'll wear them for, like, the same portion of the day because I know I'm always clean during that portion. <laughs> I'll, like, wear, like, I'll shower, and I'll put the short, the clean shorts on. And then, like, when I'm going to work out, shorts. when I work out, I take off the clean shorts, and then I put on workout shorts. And sometimes I just, like, leave the workout shorts for the next day because I only work out for, like, maybe 30 minutes, right. maybe an hour. I do that, So too. I just throw the shorts, you know, to, to wherever they go. And then tomorrow I'll, like, throw them back on when I do my workout. So I have this weird, like, I don't feel justified putting a T-shirt and shorts on and doing nothing in it all day and then throwing it in the dirty clothes. I like, agree with that, I didn't too. do anything. Why do I need to throw away? Like, I should just save it for tomorrow when I'm going to work out. And then I'll wear that for my workout. Right? You know? I totally agree. It's really sad because my hair, I'm gifted with, like, excessive oily hair. And I, I don't wash my hair if I don't exercise. Mm-hmm. And recently, it's like, oh, I haven't really been exercising. So I'm just like, damn, look at all these, like, oily hair showing up to work. How embarrassing. But I'm like, I'm conserving, I'm saving water, I, I'm doing good to And it's also healthier for your hair to not wash it very frequently. I, like, had to train my hair to do that. And when I first started, because I used to be, like, a wash my hair every day type. Me. And then I, <laughs> Me was, I was told, I, like, it's not that great. And so I, like, had the period of a few weeks where I was, like, prolonging the days that I 
washed my hair and it was like real bad because your your body responds your body's like oh you're not washing me i gotta supplement with more oil <laughs> so it was gross but now my hair is all trained and doesn't get too dirty too quick see i i have i have the tendency of like i have to wash my walk I, i'm a shampoo and conditioner guy i've been my whole life shout out to my mom oh i showered on monday I just didn't wash my hair. I took a, like a body shower after I ran. Sorry, let me just clarify. Thank you. <laughs> but I, I always use shampoo and conditioner every shower I take. But I've never been an everyday showerer. I know people who are everyday showers, like, but like I know people who shower, shower. I know people who shower in the morning and shower at night, or shower multiple times a day, and that's like, literally just like body showers. Like you're saying, they go. It's a rinse. You know, it's just like a. It's a quick clean. They're like, I want to be clean before I get into bed, which I also get. Yeah, I get that. I like wash my feet sometimes, but like that's it. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Your feet should not be black. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, I'm I'm conscious of that. I've but, suddenly seen the beard dye feet. But the <laughs> the point the point is is even when my, I had my hair grown out, like I, I still had those same type of like, I didn't wash my hair every day. Because I didn't shower every day. And I loved that, like, day two hair. And all the girls know what I'm talking about. You know, like, the fucking day after, like, right after you shower is not it. But the day after that, your hair is fucking great. And it, like, looks beautiful. And for those who don't know, who are listening, I used to have hair down to my armpits. And it was beautiful on day two. So I never wanted to shower back-to-back days because... You're wasting that fucking opportunity of having a good hair day, you know? Shit like that. So, I... I... Don't laugh at me. <laughs> I think that there's less emphasis on the hair when you don't shower every day. But for people who shower every day, like, obviously, washing your hair every single day is not healthy for it. Because it's a lot of just toxins and wear and tear on your hair. Fair enough. So, people out there listening, please, please. Three showers a week. No. Do <laughs> what you need, but know that these are still times where we should bathe and love our bodies. Yeah. Yeah. There are some things where, like, my mood genuinely changes when I, like, adhere to it. Like, self-care stuff. Like, my nails, I did this today because I was feeling really poopy, and my nails were, like... A little bit too long, and I feel so gross when they get too long, because they have the option to, like get dirt under them. I just feel like blah, and I cut them, and I was like, renewed. It's one of those things that instantly I'm like, oh, I feel better. Like I feel clean, or I feel like brightened spirits. And showering is also one of them, but it takes a lot more energy to shower. You know? All right, Sally. When you take it, what's your average shower length? You're not about to put it in the glass. Shower length? You're not about to do this. Yes. It depends on what I'm doing, but uh, 20 minutes if it's a long one, and then probably I can do like 10 to 15 if it's shorter, depending on what I do. Haha, <laughs> what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? No, I was just curious, because I feel like there are... So, like, everyone has their own, like, weird, like, mental quota of like a shower like you know like you have you just said i'm rounding 10 to 20 minutes mm-hmm. i know people who will never shower for longer than 10 minutes yeah i know people who will never shower for less than 40 minutes 
And it's like, I'm just wondering, I've always been curious if it's like a, like, is that a, how you were racing? Is that a, what, like, like, where, where did, I, no one talks about showering and shower norms. <laughs> well, okay, here's my thing. I feel like I'm pretty on par with you. Maybe more average, closer to 20 than like 15 or 10. But when I'm, like, sad and I need a second to, like, sit in the shower, they can be 30, 35-minute showers. But that's not frequent. But that happens. And I don't like feeling judged <laughs> for that if I take two to three showers a week. Okay? Not, no, no. I don't think it's – there's nothing to judge about it. I just, there is a little bit because water conservation. Like, that's a genuine thing. There's also whether or not you pay for your water. Some people don't pay for water. Like, we don't pay for water. No, right but just now. the use of I water. The We're not paying water. for it. California is no longer in a drought. Not that we should keep blowing water, but they say just that, saying. quote unquote. But it's not like we have like a ton. We of were never in a water. drought. Oh my god! You never know. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, I just find it interesting, and also like obviously having long hair shifts the scale a little bit. It does. It has like, grown and it's changed things. My, I spent yeah. just half my time picking the hair out of my fingers because I combed my, ha- my hair with my fingers and I just like take it off and I'm really, I try to avoid clogging my drain. So I'm like sitting there like trying to detangle my fingers and I plaster it on the wall. Oh yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> yeah. Me, I, I know, I've been there. <laughs> yes, you have been there, it's true. But yeah, like, my, I would say my shower time added definitely like, Another five minutes at least. Like having long hair to short hair. Now my hair's buzzed and like short and I can boom, shampoo, <laughs> rinse it, boom, conditioner, <laughs> wash my body, done. Like I realistically wash myself and my whole everything, like I could take five minute showers, like comfortably. But And he cleans himself well, don't you? You have like a loofah. I do. I and you, like, I love sure, like, my loofah and I am a scrubber. I scrub literally like every part of my body when I shower. Like my showers have like a system to them. But my point is, is that isn't the only reason you take a shower is to clean yourself. Like you're saying, like you need to be in there for other purposes. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I just enjoy the hot water or like mildly hot (laughs) mildly hot because i'm not a fucking psycho like just hot as as hot as i can take water hitting my muscles like sometimes like my head hurts Mm. or my neck hurts Mm -hmm. and i'll take a 20 minute shower and it's me cleaning myself for five minutes and then 15 minutes of me just like standing there letting water hit me in the back or like on my sore thigh because i did something and i pulled something weird or like I think most of my long showers are me just, like, treating myself in that sense where I can just, like, and then I come out and I'm feeling so rejuvenated. I'm just like, oh, that was such a good shower. When realistically, I just stood there for, like, 15 minutes. (laughs) No, I think that that's exactly, like, going back to both of those points, um, I, so now I share a bathroom. Well, before this move, I had my own bathroom. And my biggest fear was not being able to come home and sitting in my shower like in the hot water running and my tears going down my face and thankfully I'm not that tall well thankfully that's actually whatever in this moment it's a thankful thing because I always fit and I can just sit there and I can just cry and I think that you're right showering sometimes makes you feel really good like sometimes I think after a period of not showering and I've been stressed or whatever and then I do shower 
and I sleep so well. Yes. Like you've cleansed physically, but you've also cleansed and the hot water has gotten rid of maybe muscle soreness or brain soreness. Mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> My mom has this has this saying that we we fucking teach her all the time now. But growing up, every single time, anytime you were sick, anytime you were not feeling good, you had a little sinus this, you had a little headache, you had a little anything, she would always say, Listerine and take a hot shower. <laughs> no matter what it was, Listerine and a hot shower. My ankle hurts, Listerine and a hot shower. <laughs> like, no matter what it was. And it, it's so funny, but I find myself now, like, when I feel a little off, I go back to that and I'm just like, you know, let me go like, who cares if it's 2 p.m.? Like, it happened today. I was like in a weird funk and I was like, it's 2 p.m. or like 1 p.m. Like in the middle of the day, like, I just went, I brushed my teeth. I like, you know, I have this like tongue scraper thing that I like go to town on like every night and I was using that and I was flossed and I used Listerine and I just like did like a whole thing and then I did a workout later and then I took a hot shower and... I just felt so relieved. And I was like, mama always knows. Mama always knows what to do. And like, I, like, it's so funny looking back, like how I used to be like, what is that going to do? <laughs> like, you know, like, what is that? Like Listerine in a hot shower? Like, what is that going to do? And now it's just like, it's always what I lean on. That's what I go back to whenever I'm like really in a funk and I can't get out of it. I'm just like, Ah, do it. And then I do it, and I'm like, this isn't going to work. And I'm like, ah, it's working. <laughs> it's a mental thing. Yeah. That's our point. Yeah. In these showers. <laughs> I'm serious. Big, big mental thing. Shower thoughts are like a genuine trend slash Meme. topic of research. Self-care, <laughs> taking care. Also, I just want to point out that sometimes the shower is the only space at times where you're not next to somebody else. Yes. Like, yes you get when you're on the toilet, those are moments for just you. Yes. How nice is that sometimes? It's, it's really nice. I'm going to take a shower tonight. I'm going to light some candles, too. Oh, well, the other day, Araceli, quick story. I finished my shower, and I had my candles up on, like, the ledge... Um, where, like, our small window is. And I showered, and I took the hair down from the wall and threw it away. And then I went to, like, blow out the candles because I'm a safe person when it comes to lighting candles. And I was an idiot because I blew out the candle, and then I went to put it back up and, like, let the melted wax dry. But instead, I tilted it a little bit, and hot wax spilled all over my arm, like, all the way down my arm. It was bad. Oh my gosh, that but sounds so painful. It wasn't that hot, actually. Oh. It, it's just, she was numbed I from was her shocked. shower. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like it, like, extra hot? You like it hot, huh? Yes. I Me? think, yes. Oh, you. yeah, I like it really toasty. I think it's a girl thing, to be honest with you. It is 100% a girl thing. Because my sister's like that, too, and Anthony is more like John. We have fucking, like, cells that, like, feel pain. You guys hop in the shower and you're just like fucking cranked all the way up. Like the steam that comes out when she opens the door is like crazy. Yeah. And I'm like, I start, sometimes I start it at like not even hot, like, like the middle, like not cold, not hot. Just like 
Do you know what it is? Not even warm, like lukewarm. And sometimes, like especially after a workout, I I start there and then I go down to like cool off. Yeah, workouts I have to do that. Otherwise, I'll come out and like maybe sweating after I a shower. I hate sweating after you get out of a shower. Me too. And I, I hate think it. that's a big part of it is when I take hot showers, I do sweat after. Here's my thing. Do what I. Here's my working theory. Okay. There's a couple factors that goes into that for um, girls who also adhere to these two criteria because not all girls do. Um, one, like the amount, and maybe you adhered to this before. The amount of hair we have, like. If you're, like, lukewarm, your hair gets cold. And it's heavy and it's wet, so your body gets colder. That's a potential. Like, we don't want that. We try to avoid that. Mm. Two, I, re- I hate it. I hate getting goosebumps after I've shaven. Yeah, that's true. That's a genuine thing because you get hairier faster. Yes? That's interesting. I... Have never had to contemplate that. But like lukewarm genuinely makes me because you gotta put the leg up and it's like exposed. You need like the steam to make it warm and like loosen that, those pores. It actually makes a lot of sense. Thank you. That makes a lot, a lot of sense. That is something I've literally never considered. Also, hot water opens up your pores. Yes. You know? Like I like to think that. Like my face is like. I can actually use, like, a face scrub, and I feel like it... Mm-hmm. Fun fact, when guys are are learning how to shave, slash when we're, when we're shaving, we're recommended to use cold water to shave. But anytime you go to a barbershop and you get any type of shave at a barbershop, they always use hot towels and things of that nature. Yeah, I would assume more hot stuff. I actually learned growing up, because my mom always told me, like, because I had, like, kind of bad acne growing up. She was like, before you wash your face, make sure it's, like, hot water, hot towel, whatever, to open up the pores. But then somewhere I learned later that it's actually, you actually don't want to open up your pores that much to, like, allow in other things, I guess. So I started washing my face, like, outside of the shower with colder water, which is interesting. And I don't know if it's better. But, like, that's a, that's a different <laughs> thing. You know what I mean? You're like, I'm just trying it out. <laughs> <laughs> I started doing that. But. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I, I'm really into skin. And what I'm doing is has made my skin way better than it ever was. So. Mm, nice. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, I finally developed my good techniques, too, that work for my body. Your body is a temple. Your body is a temple. So take the 30-minute showers. <laughs> <laughs> Do whatever. Just as long as the you... The that you need. Yeah, just... If you live with people at Aaron Dyer, <laughs> don't shower for 50 minutes and not let anyone use the only bathroom in the house. <laughs> but we're, we're beyond that. We're, you know, it's been years. We're, we're past that. I will never have to live with Aaron again. John's like, I'm not bitter. It's yeah, fine. I'm not bitter. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Anyway, I do have to shower. I'll yeah, we should. We talked about showers for like 30 minutes. <laughs> yes, it's true. So we started juicy and work and opening up, and then we like talked shower talk, so it was very open. I thought work wasn't juicy at all. No. Well, she handled it very well and professionally, so. You anticipated. I was you waiting like, for the dirt. <laughs> I was waiting for the dirt, and there wasn't any dirt. <laughs> Secret, secret. Yeah, that's as soon as we hang up. Oh, no. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> 
But yeah, seriously, thank you so thank much you, for coming Arsene. on. This was so fun. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure talking to you too. And I think that made it worth coming on because me sharing my life to everybody else was not exciting. But I'm glad I got to share it to you too. Oh, thanks. Yeah. We're super excited and we can't wait for you to start work and fill us in on how everything's going. Yeah, I'm super excited and thank you for being happy for me. But I hope that I get to see you all soon. Same. Same. And anybody else who listens to this fully, like, I hope I get to see you too because you were a real one. <laughs> true. <laughs> People do listen to it fully, though. It's true. No, I'm glad. I hope to see them. I will count it. I'll when you, you when you get to this, DM RSLE and tell her you finished. Okay, I'd be willing to put. I would be willing to bet money that Deanna's Deanna gets there. Deanna, Deanna has been a very loyal. You should listen. Deanna. You should listen to her podcast. Hers was dope. You should also listen to. Um, you were talking about. I wanted to make this comment earlier about being uplifting. When you were talking about like people you surround yourself with, our last episode with Angel, was super fun and inspirational and very uplifting so if you're in that kind of mood he's definitely a good one to look at yeah definitely i'm always in that mood but yeah and of course drew i know he's gonna listen to it he's a little behind he said we've been pumping out too much content for him to keep up with <laughs> but which john loves <laughs> more coming at you don't worry <laughs> but yeah again we can't wait to have you back on and keep killing life and we will hopefully get to see you soon in real life yes. yes hope so and like i said if you listen to this fully i will buy you a beer maybe oh i did not hear that part the cakes like a six pack nah one beer <laughs> yeah what post one beer. post I'm not gonna be making post covid <laughs> yeah. yeah put it on my tab yeah <laughs> but thank you guys so much we love you we love you, love you. all right Thanks for checking in, everybody, and we'll catch you later. Bye.